Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Project Shadow. My name's Charlie. You might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset. And today I would like to talk about the Transformers, specifically Transformers Cyberverse. And one of its characters that is a bit interesting to me, which if you saw the title of this episode, you already know what I'm going to talk about. But before I get there, I'd like to talk a little bit about Cyberverse in general. Cyberverse is the current ongoing animated series for the Transformers. It's not the only one. They're doing a spin-off of Rescue Bots. Um, I didn't watch the original Rescue Bots. It was a little young <laughs> for me and my taste, so I, I'm not too well-versed with it. And I haven't actually planned to watch its sequel series either, so... I just felt I should put that out there. Cyberverse, though, is the main ongoing animated series, and it is an interesting one. It is a bridge into the new Transformers that the that Hasbro is putting together, where they're trying to be a bit more consistent with characters and what have you. The characters are all more reminiscent of their G1 interpretations in their appearance, with the exception of Bumblebee, who is a lot like the Michael Bay Bumblebee in that he also has the damaged voice box and speaks with audio clips that he gains from other places. Um, yeah, I am not as keen on that. There are some things that I really like about the series and some things that, as would be expected, I, I'm not too keen on. One, I have to say, I think it's beautiful. I think the animation style that they've gone for looks painted. It looks like a comic come to life. And I really enjoy, for the most part, the visual aesthetic that they've gone, gone, gone to for the series. It's reminiscent of what they did with Robots in Disguise, but distinct and... I don't know, there, there are moments that are just beautiful that I kind of wish there was technology to just easily screen print and make posters out of some images from the series. And given the prevalence of streaming in the future of technology, I think that might be a thing that comes about at some point. But especially when they realize that, oh wait, we can make money off of that? Oh, they'll definitely be a way for them to do that in future. The basic story is not unexpected if you've been following Transformers for a while. It is about the Autobots versus the Decepticons and the fight over the AllSpark that apparently Optimus Prime stole and has gotten lost and the Autobots have gotten scattered on Earth. We've gotten quite a few new characters introduced in the series, some older characters that have been revived in very interesting ways, which we will be talking about in a moment. 
the basic conceit of the show, I think, is a problem in that Bumblebee has lost his memory and Windblade is helping him to retrieve his memories. So the show kind of bounces back and forth from, if you will, present day events in some episodes and other episodes are almost exclusively in Bumblebee's memory. And so the show, I feel like, has way too many flashbacks. And it makes the actual series feel way too disjointed for what they're doing. If they had set up a much more interesting mystery than Where is Optimus Prime, I think they might have done better. Mainly because... That was kind of the plot of at least the first season or first couple seasons. Well, the first season of uh, Robots in Disguise is that Prime had gone missing and nobody knew where he was. This series again picks up with that. I think they could have done something a bit more original since the preceding series kind of use that as its conceit to get started, but I'm not going to complain too much. The characters, as I said, the art models they used for them really do resemble their G1 characters in a lot of ways. Starscream, Megatron, Optimus Prime all really look like <clears throat> their G1 counterparts, Thundercracker, and even Acid Storm, who was an unnamed character from the original G1 series, who later inherited a name, and was given a toy, and has appeared sporadically since. Now, I I really don't feel like I can pronounce the show good or bad at this point, mainly because it comes on the heels of the Prime Wars series that Machinima did that was very not good in so many ways. It, it had potential. I think the storylines that they picked were interesting. The Even the animation style, I think, could have been made to work for the show in a way that it just failed to do. And it wasn't always the fault of the voice talent. They did bring in some wonderful actors to do some of the voices, but some of the characters were extremely badly cast so that they could, I don't know, try to pull in more people from social media. A lot of YouTubers were brought in to do voices, and I don't understand why they were made to play some of the characters that they were. M most notably, Pat from Game Theory and Film Theory was brought in to voice a combiner when I, I think... If any character, he should have played Perceptor, just because that's more the media personality, that's, that's the personality that he cultivates on his show. And it felt weird that they basically had him talk in a very flat, monotone voice that, I don't know, I, I'm not saying that he's a great actor or anything, I just, he's indicative of how they misused the talents that they did bring in for the show. And that's posing a huge problem for me when I'm trying to figure out the quality of Cyberverse. Because the preceding show, the, the Prime Wars series, was so bad. I mean, I want to find things to like about it, 
because it's Transformers and that's how I do. And it, it had moments where I think it could have been been good. And it seemed to have just decided to veer away from them every time it got a chance. Like every time it got close to, oh, and here's where it finally makes sense and starts doing things in a way that it should do. It goes, oh, actually, we're going to do this other thing just to confuse and complicate and make it not work. Okay? I, I, I blame most of the failures of the series on the writing. And possibly the if they even had a series Bible that they used to construct the show... It, it it just didn't work. And because Prime War, the Prime Wars were so bad, you know, Return, what is it? Titans Return. I can't remember the names of all three of them. But the, it, because the Machinima shows were so bad, it the fact that this show has moments where it's really good, like the episode The Cube, is one of the best episodes of a Transformers show I've seen in a while. I really enjoyed it. I liked how they used the characters. I liked the animation. I, I there, there was just so much about that episode that I really enjoyed to the point where I, after watching it, immediately searched to see if they put up a game so I could play Cube because it looked fun. And I was surprised that they didn't take the opportunity to make a mobile game at the late, at the least where people could play that game because it just looked like fun. And maybe they eventually will. And hopefully if they do, it will be fun. But, you know, it has episodes like that, that I really enjoyed and liked a great deal. And there are other episodes, namely the very first episode of the series that were just, I don't want to say trash because they weren't completely bad, but their initial depictions of Bumblebee annoyed me so greatly. I debated whether I was going to continue with the series, but because they're 11 minute episodes, I pushed forward and I advise you to do the same. The Bumblebee that you meet in the first episode is not the Bumblebee that continues to show up while their depiction of Bumblebee is a lot more juvenile than I think even serves them. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm 42 years old, but I have a feeling that to me, the way they are writing Bumblebee is what an adult thinks a child acts like and not what a child acts like, which I know when I was a kid, when I saw things like that, it, I found it off putting, but as he regains his memories, he becomes less annoying and so that makes sense in some ways that he was basically acting so utterly juvenile because he didn't know who he was anymore. So I am kind of willing to excuse some of that. I, I do wish that the actress who played Windblade would be a bit more dynamic in her performance. She feels, um, I, I don't want to say underwhelming, but one of the things that Dave Filoni has said about animation, and it's true, is that you really have to go all out for the performance to read through the animation. And were this in a live action show and we saw the actress, I'm, I don't think her voice would sound as flat as it does in the show. But because her emotion isn't 
pushed, especially as much as Bumblebee's is, it makes Windblade seem a bit too flat and uncharacterized in some ways. And they have that problem with a couple other characters. I do enjoy their take on Optimus Prime and Megatron and the way that they have recast the war on Cybertron is interesting to me and I think speaks a lot to our current political <laughs> state. I, in, in some ways, Cyberverse has a lot to say about where we are in the United States right now in a way that a lot of shows don't, which is something I don't expect from a Transformer series. And I find that refreshing, but it never gets heavy handed. And it so far, at least to me, hasn't felt preachy. Starscream is, as always, a problematic character because I love Starscream. And the idea that he basically was running a gang called the Seekers prior to Megatron coming to power and that they just kind of glommed on to Megatron, I do like because it gives more motivation for Starscream as a character that he was the one in charge and then someone else is in charge and he feels that you know, loss of power. All in all, it, it's been at least an enjoyable show. I'm hoping that once the writers get their footing, because it, it will get better. One of the biggest problems that I find with the show is that with its 11 minute time per epi episode, they have often more story that they want to tell than the 11 minutes will allow for. And so the stories can feel a bit rushed. And once they get used to writing an 11 minute story instead of a 22 minute story, I think that that will wash out in the end, but it, it, it could use some tweaking, but all in all, it's not a bad show. So if you haven't checked out Cyberverse, it is, I I'm watching it on Hulu. It's currently all of the first season is up over there for you to watch. So definitely check it out and tell me what you think because I I've wanted a good Transformers show that I could really fall in love with and uh, Robots in Disguise wasn't it. it it I mean it wasn't a bad show it was better than a, many Transformers shows that came out and it was much better than the Titans Return and Power of the Primes and all of that thing that happened, but it, it, it never quite got me that much though. I have to say the Grimlock from Cyberverse is, uh, it took some getting used to, but I think I like the way they're going with him. He's, he actually reminds me a lot more of the Grimlock from the old Marvel comics than the Grimlock from any of the other iterations of the show that I've ever seen. And that's an interesting thing to watch for as well. All in all, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. But now that we've discussed the basic idea of Cyberverse, there's one character in particular I want to spend some time with, and we'll talk about that more after the break. If you've been watching the series, one of the characters that they introduced, first of all, this series, unlike any of the other Transformers series, has quite a few female characters in it. 
and that makes me happy <laughs> on many levels. But I, the fact that the number of female characters feels much more on par with the number of male characters is it's a welcome change for Transformers series because I've known many females throughout my life who have really enjoyed the Transformers and didn't see themselves in it because all they got was the pink RC. That's something that has changed over the years with more female characters being introduced. This is the first show that I really feel feels like they're on par. But the character of note here is Acid Storm. Acid Storm is a character that first appeared in G1 in kind of an off episode. They appeared as an unnamed seeker, an unnamed green seeker, who was charged by Megatron to, in preventing the Autobots from escaping Cybertron. And the one power that we see Acid Storm have in this episode is Basically, he fires his cannons into the clouds, creates an acid rain that harms the Transformers until they find a way to get past it. Like I said, the character was not named in the original series. Apparently, when they did decide to name the character, the character was originally going to be named Rainmaker, but that didn't pass legal. In other words, they didn't feel they could get a trademark on it, and then they decided on the name Acid Storm. The character has appeared in comics and what have you, and in a weird coincidence on, on this, I, I went to give him some credit, the uh, channel, um, who is it? Is it Brian Fahey? Oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. It's uh, Chris McFeely on YouTube who does the wonderful series Transformers The Basics. And if you are a Transformers fan or thinking of getting into the fandom, I highly recommend his channel recently did an episode on Acid Storm. So if you want more of the character's backstory and origins, I highly recommend that you check this out. Um, it's Chris McFeely, M-C-F-E-E-L-Y, on YouTube. Check him out or just search for Transformers The Basics, and you'll find a ton of videos. They're really good. They're really fun. Definitely definitely you should check this out, especially if you're new to the Transformers and all of the different continuities are confusing to you. He actually has done several basics episodes explaining Transformers continuity and how it works and the various continuities themselves. So, and a lot of really good character breakdowns. And the one that he did on Acid Storm this week was really good. But the reason I wanted to talk about Acid Storm is... Acid Storm is voiced by a female actress. Now, what becomes interesting about this is twofold. One, the all of the bios of Acid Storm, even for Cyberverse, refer to Cyber refer to this character as a he. The actual character in the show appears in alternate forms, either as a masculine seeker or as a feminine seeker. What's really exciting, for me at least, is when asked about this, one of the writers, a May Cat, said on Twitter, when asked, what's up with Acid Storm switching between male and female seeker designs, depending on the episode? One of the writers, May Cat, 
responded to this question by saying, that's just something AcidStorm likes to do. Hashtag Cyberverse, hashtag AcidStorm. Oh, wait a minute. So this writer is saying that the character is gender fluid. Ooh, ooh. If that's true, and I have to say, based on the animation for the character, which does switch back and forth between male and female presentations on the show, and the fact that a writer for the show has said that that's intentional and not a animation error, which we'll see in subsequent seasons, and hopefully this isn't an animation error that they're just making up an explanation for, and we continue to see this, this would make Acid Storm, to my knowledge, the first gender-fluid Transformer on this show. That's amazing. That's really cool. As somebody who has played with gender fluidity throughout their life and who identifies somewhere between gender fluid and trans femme. Wow. To, to see in a kid's show, a character possibly intentionally depicted as gender fluid and it not being on St Steven universe. That's amazing. And I hope it's intentional. And I hope that this is something that they continue to do throughout the show. It, and I don't think it's something that necessarily needs to be remarked on. I mean, you could do a line just to enshrine it into, in fully into canon so that people could not argue that it's an animation error. Though I have to say, if it continues to happen in season two, then it, to me, that cements that what the writer said was accurate, that it's not just an animation error, that this is something intentional with the character. I would also like to see them maybe start using they, them pronouns or something. I think that this could be really powerful, especially for young kids growing up, trying to discover their own sense of gender, especially on a Transformers show that gives you so many heroes and villains of all genders. We have a lot of males. We have a lot of females. It would be wonderful if they actually included a non-binary gender fluid character on the show and like fully enmeshed it in canon. I don't know if they're going to do that and we'll have to wait and see how that has happened. I know in my head canon, Acid Storm will forever now be a gender fluid character. And I'm really hoping that Hasbro doesn't step in and say, no, you can't do that. We're going to establish firmly because we hired a female actress to play them, that the character is now female or what have you. I, I really like this. I, I do so much. I don't want them to change the pronoun to she either. I, I don't mind it being he because, well, a gender fluid person can identify as he, him and sometimes present as feminine. That is a valid identity, gender identity. And that would be fascinating to see actually work out in the series. I don't know if Transformers will ever allow itself to make such a profound statement, 
Though, at least for the time being, I am going to say that it has. I am going to at least pretend that it has, because I know for myself growing up, I didn't have any real role models to look up for when it came to issues of gender. I knew that my own relationship with gender wasn't quite what it should have been, but I didn't understand what that meant. I thought that I was just acting girly or I was just a sissy. And for the longest time, I self-identified as a sissy. And then later as a femme, when I came to know that term, that I was just an, an effeminate man. I didn't have this type of role model in my fiction. And while I would say that it's a shame that most of our LGBT characters that we get as we get introduced into fiction almost inevitably start out as villains. It, it's at least some form of representation. And I think it would be interesting to see how they play with this, especially in Transformers. I'm hoping that they stick with this. But for now, like I said, I'm going to run with it. Acid Storm Forever. It really made me rethink the character and my relationship with various Transformers characters, mainly because Starscream was always one of my favorites because I felt that Starscream was, well, coded as queer. I still feel that they do that. And I believe in ev almost every incarnation of Starscream I've ever seen has been, in has been coded queer, even though that's not something that they have overtly said about the character. This is the first time I can think of that this sort of thing has actually happened. I do know that in the comics, there are some same-sex relationships that are extremely abusive that we're not going to talk about that have existed in the uh, comics and in their universe. But to have a character that chooses sometimes to present as masculine and chooses sometimes to present as feminine is a wonderful thing for kids nowadays to grow up with and i'm hoping that they stick with that i really do this is a moment for hasbro to be brave because our understandings of gender are growing and evolving and the only people that would be offended by this are people that honestly probably don't want their kids watching a show about fighting talking robots anyway I know that from growing up, the more religious people that I encountered didn't like that I watched shows like Transformers and He-Man and thought that they were the devil's work in general. So I don't know that you're going to win over much of that audience by not allowing a character to be gender fluid. I, I don't think that that's really an option set before you, but we'll see. So hopefully Hasbro will be brave. I'd love to know your feelings about Cyberverse. I, like I said, mo most of my feelings are very mixed on the series. I am. It's not that I'm not enjoying it. I think that I may be too old for it, and that always makes me sad, you know, because it reminds me that I am getting older. But you know, for the most part, it's been an enjoyable show. I'm very excited to see where they take Acid Storm, and as a result of this, I'll definitely be checking out season two. So 
If you like this show and the app that you're listening to me on allows you to rate either this episode or this series in general, please do so. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast to more people, and that is a good thing. We've been growing immensely over the last couple months, and I just want to say thank you to all the new listeners. Hi. Um, Thank you for uh, spending time with me. And I would love you to actually get in touch with me on Twitter. I'm C.E. Dorset on Twitter. I would love to get to know you and find out why you listen to the show. If you got a buck you can throw my way, depending on the app, there will either be a button that says support or in the show notes, there'll be a link that says support on Anchor. You can support at the one, five or $10 levels. I don't get to set those. Those are just baked into the system. That money helps me to continue to do the things that I do, such as thanks to your amazing support i was able to get vellum so that the books that are coming out will look really really good it's it's an app by the way it's not like really stretched out calfskin it's an app that helps make audio makes of digital ebooks and uh paperbacks so that they are formatted well and look really really pretty and i'm excited to be able to use it soon with uh, crucify my love coming out in the not too distant future. If you don't have the money, I completely understand that money's tight for a lot of us these days, but you could share me with others. That helps out a lot too. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you. Please go and download the anchor app at anchor.fm and follow project shadow on there. Once you've done that, you'll see a button that says voice message. If you click that, you can leave me up to a one-minute message. It can be a question, a comment, or a topic you'd like to hear discussed on the show. Keep it clean, and I might use it on the show. I do love hearing from you, and in the past, I have done episodes based on those, and I really enjoy that, and I would like to do more. So please feel free to do that. Um, like I said, I've got a lot of stuff coming in the fiction side of things, so if you're curious about all that, you can find more about that over at ashdancer.com, or you can follow me and find links to everything that I do at projectshadow.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.